Welcome to the School for Dental Entrepreneurs, the only podcast that provides actionable insights into the dental industry. Brought to you by Emitter, the leading communication platform for your dental practice. And now, here is your host, Anmol Oberoi. Hey everyone, welcome to yet another exciting episode of the School for Healthcare Entrepreneurs. Today we have with us a very interesting person joining us for the podcast. We have Alison Howard, who's the marketing director of Hero Practice Services. Hero Practice Services needs no introduction. Um, Alison has had over 12 years experience as a marketing leader at various DSOs. When I spoke to Alison for the first time, I knew instantly she has something very unique in her approach. For her, marketing was not just ads, events, or the regular marketing activities that we follow. It was a lot more than that. Alison is here to talk about her experience building a brand and relationships. Thanks, Alison, for being on the show. I'm super excited. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm sure the audience is going to love what you have to share with them. I was, um, I was you know, pleasantly surprised by your approach and your thought process to solving marketing problems, to building long-term relationships. And I'm sure that everybody who's going to hear this recording is going to learn a lot from you. Fantastic. Great. So just to jump in, uh, jump right in, uh, let's start with a quick introduction about yourself. And can you tell us um, a little bit about uh, your journey in the dental industry? Where did it all start? How did you get into the industry and what your current role involves? So... Um, I'm actually, my, my father um, is now a retired pediatric dentist. So um, I pretty much grew up always around um, children's dental offices, uh, worked there in high school, worked there summers between, you know, between years of college. And so I always, you know, always just had a place for that. Um, I ended up actually doing uh, graduate work in public health research and spent some time doing that too, um, mostly looking at access to healthcare for uh, underserved children. So as um, I got a little older, I started getting more interested again in what my dad was doing. He had a five office practice and um, the thing he was most proud of were was the fact that he had staff that spoke you know, something like seven or eight different languages um, in his offices. He was very passionate about underserved children and providing them excellent care. And that, of course, tugged back at my public health roots. And so I went back and started working for him again after I raised some kids for a few years um, and really got to see every aspect of, the, of how the practice worked um, and landed in the marketing role. Um, which fit my personality best and my uh, love for data, I think, the best as well. And so my joke that my dad and I still have to this day is that when he retired and he affiliated with a DSO, um, he kind of sold off his daughter because <laughs> I went with him and, um, and uh, stayed and, you know, and headed up their marketing department I was there for about 10 years and I've been with Hero Practice Services for uh, about a year and a half. Wow. Wow. That's exciting. And um, I'm, I'm sure you consider yourself uh, 
fortunate to get, uh, you know, to be part of your um, dad's um, practice and, and then sort of build your career from there, being able to find what you really like. And just, just so that oh, we know. Absolutely. And plus it, it, it's fun just because we can talk shop all the time, which is really nice. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. I do enjoy that. So just so we know, uh, you know, how long back was this? Uh, how young were you when you just got into the world of dentistry? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, high school, really. If wow. you count that. I mean, I worked at my dad's office, you know, after school um, for quite some time. So it's been, it's kind of been a lifelong thing uh, <laughs> for me. I can imagine totally. And, and, uh, you know, you started so long back and, and just in high school, I'm, I'm assuming at high school, probably you did not have the insight that you wanted to con- continue in this industry. But um, what has kept you going for so long in the industry? I mean, what's that motivation or that, uh, you know, feeling of fulfillment what, that has kept you going for so long? You know, it, it's, it's actually a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoy the educational aspect of it, which is a big part of our marketing program at Hero and was a part of my marketing programs in the past. Um, kind of coming, I think, from that public health background um, of making sure that people that we serve understand the value of, um, you know, of oral health and how it can ultimately be, it's ultimately a huge part of systemic health. Um, and I think that that, you know, there's been so many misconceptions in the past, um, you know, from, you know, oh, they're just baby teeth, they're supposed to fall out, you know, why is that such a big deal, you know, those sorts of things. Plus, you've got you know, people who had uh, bad experiences themselves as children who, you know, we've had to go, we have to kind of go back and reset their expectations for what that is so that they don't pass that on to their children. So it's just, there's so many interesting aspects of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you share a very interesting point that uh, oral health is part of your, you know, is part of your systemic health. So you need, it needs to be given equal, if not more importance right now. And, and I think that's, that's really, really important. And I think that's a great message that you have for everybody. And uh, so tell us a little bit now that we've understood how you got into the industry, um, what has been your motivation to stay in the industry for so long, which is, you know, which is just phenomenal. Um, tell us a little bit about your role as a director of marketing, right? And, and how large a team do you manage? What does your day-to-day work look like? So I would assume that my role is probably similar to most people in my position, right? Um, you know, the big piece of it is understanding the target market that you're um, creating and delivering on-brand on brand messages to so that they resonate with the folks that you want listening um, and really understanding different opportunities, uh, different opportunities in different markets, looking at, you know, and taking into consideration that certain markets will have things that work well for them that may not work well for others and evaluating, you know, what, you know, how do you, how do you change your strategy to make sure that you're on top of that? And, um, you know, and also paying attention to the costs and, and those sorts of things. Um, I, you know, on a weekly basis, I mean, I'm tracking, tracking our spend, looking at our tactics, looking at the cost of a new patient um, each week 
So um, we really are, we have a pretty sophisticated tracking system. Right. And so, you know, one of the things that's really exciting is our digital marketing is really nimble. So like I can, I literally look at it each week and we can go back and make adjustments if we need them. Um, and the other piece too, I would say is that, you know, marketing is really kind of a department that bridges a lot of others. And I have a lot of very close relationships with, you know, most every aspect of the business, right? Like, you know, we um, assist with recruiting. Um, obviously we want to bring in the best teammates that are, uh, you know, people who will believe in and feel passionate about our mission. Um, operations, because you know, in-office messaging, patient experience, and online reputation are so important. And the thing that's so wonderful at Hero is that we have a commitment to responding um, to every negative piece of feedback we ever receive. So right. if somebody gives us a negative review somewhere, if right. we can identify that patient, um, or if, if the patient's willing to identify themselves, if we can private message them later, they will receive a phone call from um, either a practice leader or a, um, you know, uh, a regional director, or even from the doctor sometimes, depending on what the issue was, um, so that we make sure that we don't, you know, we, we are able to go back to our teams, coach them properly and make sure those, those things don't happen again. Right. So that's a huge, a huge deal. Um, I also work really closely with the customer service center. Um, we call it the CSC. Um, right. Black people probably might call it a call center. Right. But that's really important too. What are the messages that they give and how do they communicate with our patients? Absolutely. Um, facilities, you know, I do that too. We look at, you know, internal and external murals, signage, um, right. IT with our websites and stuff, all that stuff. Um, and as far as my team, I have a small but mighty team. So there's, we have, there's three, they have three people that I manage, um, one person who really focuses on public relations, um, one who focuses on social media and reputation management. And then I also have a project manager who um, really handles like our direct mail programs, our, all of our creative um, production, um, and, and really is a huge asset for me for budget control and assistance. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of things for, for just a three-member team and you essentially a four-member team. That's that's amazing that, uh, you know, as a business and as a team of four, you're able to do so much. Um, and, you know, one thing that really stood out uh, from our conversation just now and, and, you know, from what you do, you mentioned that uh, at Hero Practice Services, you make sure that you respond to every negative review and not just respond, you essentially attend to it to see how you can improve it. Um, which, which is, you know, which is essentially, I would say how, which is essentially what it shows that, you know, you're so particular about relationship building and unlike, let's say, you know, probably other businesses where online reputation management is equally important, but people tend to sort of remove these negative responses. Uh, you've given me a very different perspective that we respond to these negative responses and try to improve them. Yeah, I do. I think it's really important. It is, and it is a unique. Um, it is unique to hear our practice services, in my experience. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, clearly our online responses are have to be relatively generic because we have to abide by HIPAA rules. But right. the getting in touch with these the parent or um, guardian or you know whoever has had um, an experience that they were not happy with, 
you know, offline and really talking to them about it is just invaluable because it helps our leadership, you know, go back, coach, make changes, um, and really recognize places where we need to improve. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we spoke briefly about relationship building and its importance for patient acquisition and retention. Could you talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, the subtle things, but really important ones that hero practice services follow for building a relationship? Sure. I mean, first of all, I would say relationship building starts at the first, first patient contact, which is also, you know, which is usually the customer service center on the phone. Um, I'm lucky to have a great partnership with them. As I mentioned earlier, you know, call centers sometimes are the unsung hero in organizations, but hero really recognizes and understands their important role in supporting our families and offices and how they set the tone for that patient visit. Um, and which leads to, so what do we do next, right? In the office, we um, have something we call the red carpet experience. And it's, I mean, we actually have, you know, we call them SOPs, right? Standard operating procedures. But we right. have SOPs that help guide, um, you know, the way each patient visit is completed from start to finish. So that we provide, you know, consistency and, um, and, our, and this red carpet experience for every child at every visit, um, which is, is really important. It also, you know, helps give, uh, you know, families um, trust us more, right? Because they know what to expect. Right. Um, you know, they, they've already started out with this good foot at the call center. And now they, you know, we, we, we you know, provide a consistent experience, which really in a lot of ways is what we're selling, right? It's the experience. Absolutely. Um, and also, you know, our practices are purposefully located in vulnerable, vulnerable communities. Okay. So, um, you know, we're positioned to serve those that, that need us most because our mission, right. Is to be the lead, the leading provider, um, of oral health care for underserved communities. And we provide it in a compassionate and, and a compassionate way that is, you know, very high quality. And so um, we kind of, we gain the trust by treating every child and parent with care and respect. And we really do our best to make it easiest for our families, like by doing things like providing same day care. Wow. Um, what I mean by that is if a child comes in and we discover a cavity, for instance, we do our best to try to take care of that treatment the same day, if possible, because we're dealing with a, a um, you know, a patient population that really has a lot of challenges, more than, you know, most folks. And we recognize those and we respect those. Um, you know, they might have a problem taking off work. They might have trouble with transportation, um, childcare, that sort of thing. So if we can get that patient taken care of, we kind of guarantee that it does get taken care of because sometimes they might not be able to come back for so long that that small problem is turned into something really big right. by the time they get back. Um, and also we really work, you know, I, I think one thing we haven't talked about is that Hero not only provides um, dental services, but we provide vision and orthodontic services. And so we work it out to um, allow families to schedule multiple children for multiple services in the same day. And so that's really convenient, you know, that's really convenient for the families. Wow, um, that's interesting. 
Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing that's kind of, that's really interesting about Hero and our, and is we, we, our, our mission spins, um, we call it the virtuous cycle. It's a seven step cycle. And it might sound kind of confusing to people who like don't speak our language, you know? Um, but basically the virtuous cycle is the, the guiding principle by which every single teammate understands their role within the company. Um, we actually refer to our patients as our little bosses. It's pretty cute. Right. And we all know what, you know, that we work to serve them. And every person in the company knows their part in helping spin the cycle and how missing just one step can cause the cycle to break. Um, and so just, I'll, I'll briefly go through it because I, I don't, I don't want to bore you, but it is kind of interesting that, you know, we start out, number one, we see the child. Number two, we treat that child. Number three, we complete all necessary treatment, like the same day treatment I was talking about. Four, we bill it correctly. Five, we get paid. Six, we pay our bills. And the most important seven, we take the rest and open more practices. Absolutely. No, that's, that sounds amazing. And I mean, it's, it's very unique. I've spoken to so many uh, leaders from different DSOs, but, um, you know, this is the first time that I'm coming across the approach that you mentioned. And like you said, there are so, I think it's, it's very deeply thought about, like you said that, uh, probably, uh, you know, uh, kids want to come in at once and get multiple things done. They just, they maybe need, they may be needing vision care as well. And I think that's, that's, uh, that just shows that how deeply and how customer focused uh, the approach is here. So I think that that's something that's really unique and stands out for me. Yeah, we are incredibly um, patient focused. I mean, pretty much every decision that we make kind of starts with, you know, how's that going to affect our patient? Absolutely. So, yeah, um, it's a culture. And I mean, our CEO has done a great job in building that culture, but I mean, everybody's very passionate about it. Right, right. And, and, and again, you know, you, you highlight a very interesting point that it's a culture. It's not a process um, because you can have unlimited processes, but uh, if people don't sort of, uh, you know, believe in that culture, believe in that um, mission and vision, um, it, those processes may not just help out because people are just operationally following them. They're not essentially getting the depth of the things. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you. Great, great. And uh, Alison, you know, when we were speaking, um, you had something very interesting to talk about, uh, which which was very different from my conversations that I've had with most marketers, not just in in the DSO world, but but just in general. Um, everybody said that you know, the the prime focus is on new patient acquisition with reviews, ads, events, but. Although I understand that that's, of course, the prime goal of the business, but you said that the focus is also on building a brand. And, um, and, and that is probably a result of great positioning. And uh, which again is very, very unique to every business, right? So could you tell us a little bit about the approach that you've taken for positioning, uh, given that you, you sort of cater to such a unique audience, one which is kids, because in this case, uh, they don't take their own decision to, um, to that, uh, you know, you're not just offering one, I would say, uh, oral healthcare, you're also offering vision. So, so how does that process look like? Well, so we really position ourselves um, in a few ways, right? Um, one, as a partner with the parent. Um, 
parents, you know, it's to be reinforced by a um, doctor for habits they're trying to form at home is really important to parents. Um, but also as healthcare providers who deeply care for our little bosses, we are patient, you know, we advocate for our patients um, and we, you know, know that we are, we know and let people know that we're experts at understanding state funded benefits and making sure children get the care that they need and deserve. Um, and additionally, you know, the pandemic has been a very interesting time, obviously, for uh, marketing, for healthcare, for everything. And, and what has really happened is, is it's created a greater need, right, for these state, um, you know, these state insured children. Like Families USA, I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're kind of like this nonpartisan you know, national voice for healthcare consumers. But they um, did a study that they said just between February of 2020 and the beginning of September 2020, 6.1 million people were added to the Medicaid rolls. And those numbers are expected to continue to rise, you know, as we see wow. increases in unemployment. And so the way we positioned ourselves, like, for instance, at the beginning of this year, is our campaign was new year, new insurance, no problem, right? A change in insurance should not mean a gap in care. So we let parents know that we'll help them navigate the system to get their children the best dental vision and orthodontic care to help them live up to their potential. And, you know, we take pride in offering that education in our offices and in our marketing messaging, because I think as you bring new people into these, um, into this situation that have never been in this situation before, it's frightening. Um, and they're wondering, you know, is, is you know, I, we've always had private insurance and now we don't. And what's going to happen to my child and my child's care? And we let them know we, we're here for you. Um, um, we're going we're gonna to make sure your child is cared for, um, you know, as best as, you know, as, as, as just, as, just as good as you ever had before, probably better because we care more. Um, you know, I mean, we, 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 we basically know that we, you know, we're the dental eye care and orthodontic health care providers that care about our patients first. Right. So, and the hardest part, honestly, is trying to craft the, the message that kind of show our heart, you That's know, and, and let people know, you know, who we are and what we do. Absolutely. I think you mentioned a very interesting point here that which, which essentially is building a lot of trust because, um, you know, as a parent, if, if somebody has to get treatment for their kid, uh, they need to make sure that, uh, you know, the place they are going to, uh, irrespective of the insurance, irrespective of everything else, uh, somebody is going to take care of my kid just the way I would take care of them. And, and I think that's exactly what stands out in your approach. So that's super interesting to know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it might sound a little unreal, but I have a really cool example to tell you about, um, about how our teammates care about our little bosses. Um, and I think that it's, it is this genuine care that, right, that strengthens our relationships with patients and the community. So this is, this is just a heartbreaking story, but one of our patients in Kansas City, a little girl, Navela, um, she's 11 years old, and one day the, the practice leader of the Kansas City office saw our patient, Navela, on the news. Um, she had been targeted, targeted in a racial attack by another child, okay, um, just while playing with some friends at that, like an apartment complex pool. And so the 12-year-old attacker, it was, a, it was a boy, she's a girl, um, first started calling her and her friends racial slurs. 
And when she kind of responded back and said, oh, you know, but it's beautiful to be black. He went and got a um, metal pole, came back and hit her in the head so hard, so hard it knocked her unconscious, oh, left her with a concussion, a broken tooth, and she required like eight stitches. And so our practice leader is watching this on the news and recognizes the child because the child was already our patient. Right. So when the mom called, you know, after Navela was able to be released from the hospital and she needed to have that tooth fixed, you know, our office, our office staff immediately were like, we got to do something really special for this little girl. Um, you know, they, right. they just wanted to do something just to, you know, show how much they cared and that all people aren't bad, you know? And so what's really cool is this practice leader came to leadership knowing that leadership would support this, right? Knowing that, you know, hero is, this is what hero is about. Absolutely. So, yeah. And so they, you know, when she came to her appointment, um, she had, they had like a, uh, uh, like a superhero certificate for her and like a little bag of good, like goodies with a stuffed animal. And they oh. gave her a superhero cape. And the coolest part is they had t-shirts made. Okay. That oh. every staff, I mean, it kind of gives me chills. Every staff member was wearing one like under their, so she didn't see it when she first walked in and they all showed her their t-shirt oh. and it said, stop the hate hashtag Nevea strong. And they gave, and, she, and like this little girl was like, oh my God, like there's a t-shirt with my name on it, you know, and they were all wearing them and they gave one to the, um, to her and to her mom. And it was just, you know, these are just the things that our folks want to do. It's like, they wanted to do something just to help her, you know, understand that she was greeted in a safe space and to help just try to heal this pain. I mean, like this horrible thing that happened. So you know, that's, that's the special part. It's like the, you know, the, the stuff you can't, you can't really buy it. Right. You just Absolutely. have to have the right people and team, um, you know, just support things like that. So that leader knew she could come and say, you know, this is what I want to do. And then everybody would be like, of course you should do that. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's this, I, I would say that's, that's a litmus test that this is, you, you just mentioned a couple of minutes back that, it's in the culture. So they didn't have to necessarily uh, be instructed to do that. Uh, they already thought about it and they just came in and said that, hey, we're going to do this. And that's a big, big, I would say, you know, testimony of what you just said, that it's within the culture. So we think like that. Absolutely. Great. I have a very strategic question for you as my next question. Okay. Um, and... Uh, this is something that, uh, you know, I asked a lot of different marketing leaders, but um, I've, I've always had this in my mind that uh, why are these approaches different? Of course, every approach has its own pros and cons. Um, I just wanted to understand that, um, you know, Hero Practice Services rebrands practices on a case-to-case -case basis um, compared to the likes of Aspen, um, Heartland, and, and many others that practice that, that rebrand all of their practices. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about this as to, you know, what does that process or the approach look like in cases where you want to rebrand or what's the thought process behind not rebranding um, just so that, you know, the audience and maybe other leaders who are just starting out, we are seeing a lot of DSOs coming in, probably they can, you know, have a fresh perspective, whether should we go with the rebranding approach, should we go with the non-rebranding approach or should we go with the hybrid approach? Right. And I do think, you know, a lot of DSOs, you know, a lot of them do have these hybrid approaches or they have several brands that they, right. um, 
you know, brand to, or sometimes, you know, they actually just keep each office as its own individual name. Um, you know, I think some of the ones that, you know, maybe don't, you know, want to keep all the offices different names might be doing that as a position not to appear as a big DSO, right? You know, it's, right. it appears more like it's small private practices. Um, right. You know, the thing about Hero, you know, we're, we're super transparent and we're very confident in the services we provide. I mean, like we know, right, that we're acting in the best interests of our patients and of the communities that we serve. So, I mean, ideally, if we could all be branded one brand, I mean, it makes it easier on everybody. And, you know, um, and it's, it's nice to, if your brand is, you know, um, very, you know, a little seen upon as very positive, right, in the community, right. then it helps when people, you know, move from place to place and they recognize yours and they want to come to you. Right. But we definitely do look at each affiliation on a case-by-case basis. I mean, sometimes a practice brand name is so strongly respected and loved in their community that right. there's really, you know, why would you want to change that, right? I mean, you know, you've already developed this trust and 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 um, and relationship with the community that you're serving, and so you want to keep that. But sometimes it's it's interesting. Sometimes the practice name kind of needs a restart or a refresh. Right. And what Hero does, I think that's a little bit unique, is that Hero really will only affiliate with doctors that share um, the same passion and commitment to the communities that they serve as we do. And so, whereas some DSOs grow just to grow, and I'm not saying that's not a, that's a bad thing because growth is you know is very important. Um, we are very particular in how we grow if we grow by affiliation. And so when you have an affiliating doctor who has the same, you know, um, who's on the same side as you, right, who has the same ambitions and and passion and whatnot, it kind of makes those decisions much easier. Because sometimes the doctor, you know, know, that wants to affiliate with us, it's not, um, you know, something maybe had, I don't know, they, something had gone wrong somewhere along the way and they want to get back to their true selves. And so the rebrand and refresh can help them do that. Right. Um, and then, you know, so being transparent about that decision is a really big deal. Um, and we're really upfront with folks too. Like, you know, you have to really believe in what we believe in and you have to be ready to be on the same page with us. Um, and, and we would never, you know, we would say, Hey, you know, we think that we're going to need to rebrand you or, Hey, we, you know, we love the, love what you are already. And we don't want to change you, you know, but, but we don't, we don't make those decisions behind closed doors and then present them later. Do you know what, you know what I mean? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that makes sense. And, uh, it, it's, it's also a realization that, you know, just based on what you said, I had that, uh, sometimes if if you just rebrand uh, you know rebrand the practices like you said some practices may already have great brand recall so so why do you change the brand name and uh, you know even if by chance let's say you rebranded and maybe one or two patients didn't have great experience because of some misunderstanding uh, their first impression might be that hey you know this is probably not the best place to go to in case you've rebranded it because of their previous experience so yeah, I completely agree with you that 
it it has to be on a case to case basis whatever is best for business absolutely great great and uh, and you know uh, just taking a step back and and going back to the point of uh, talking about the vision and and sort of catering to you know underserved children and and societies which is which is a really great initiative uh, i just wanted to understand that um, since in this case it's the parents who are taking the decision uh, just thinking from a marketing lens um, you know how do you essentially approach these parents uh, what does the message really look like and and what are these channels through which you reach out to them well you know it really starts with education 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 i mean you know i think it's it's safe to assume that every parent wants to be a good parent right i mean Absolutely. so um but a lot of folks again like we talked about earlier you know don't understand the value of oral health care and so educate or or vision care for that matter i mean you know what's really interesting is that you know a lot of children who are labeled with learning um issues like uh, hyperactivity disorders or um, different kinds of, you know, behavioral problems in school really just can't see. Um, and, you know, of course a child doesn't know they can't see because they see what they see. So, um, unless they are, you know, receive a a vision exam, you know, they just know that whatever things look like to them or what, that's what things look like. Um, so providing that education of the importance of oral and vision healthcare um, and then explaining to them that, you know, we can provide that care at little or no cost to them right. and provide a great experience for their child. Um, you know, those messages that can kind of convey those important points, I think, um, you know, that's, that's where we stay focused. Um, you know, again, I'm saying like a lot of what we sell is an experience and, and you know, you've got parents who are worried about taking their child to the dentist or worried about their taking their doc, you know, child to the orthodontist or eye doctor because they had a bad experience. Right. So, you know, we are, you know, with our messaging and with the experience we provide, we're trying just to reset those expectations. Like going to the dentist, going to the orthodontist, going to the eye doctor, it can, and really, and it should be, right, a positive experience for every child. And so that's, that's kind of where our messaging comes from. Right. Well, that's a very... And- I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Allison. Well, I was gonna say you asked where you know where we do it, and we do right. it in you know we do it in a lot of places, right? Of course, um, you know we're we. It depends on the market, but we're on TV, we're on the radio, we, you know, do um, you know paid search, we do display ads, we do social media ads, we do direct mail. I mean, we we kind of run the gamut. We have a lot of different touch points, right? Um, you know, to reach our target audience. Wow. wow, that's a lot of different marketing activities and channels. Um, great. And, um, you know, now that we've discussed about uh, where you started, how your role has progressed, what you take care of today, what are your thought processes, and, and how you've essentially uh, sort of structured everything around branding, relationship building, and, and being just so, so focused on patient experience and being caring. Um, I just wanted to understand that, you know, after doing so much, what does what's the end goal of of your role at a DSO? Uh, marketing and new patients is is of course uh, you know a lot of these different things that you do, but what is your success, your role's success measured on? So, 
my, I would say it's step seven of the virtuous cycle, right? Take the rest and open more right. practices to serve right. more children. I mean, it's kind of simple, really, in that way. I mean, obviously, we have to look at other metrics. We have to look at new patients scheduled in the scene. We got to be able to keep the doors open. Um, but as we evaluate the numbers, I mean, the end goal is always to open more practices and serve, and serve more families. So whenever my tenure at Hero ends, I mean, I think I'll be looking at my personal success on how much we were able to grow, um, you know, during my time here. Um, because I think, you know, everybody is kind of focused to that mission. Right. Right. You know, um, it's, 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 again, every time I speak to you or ask you something, I, I get something so unique and, and so different. Um, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, typically when I ask people this question, what's the end goal or what's, you know, how do, how do you define success of your role? Most of the times people come back and say that, uh, you know, the end goal of course is new patients, but you've, you've, you, you've spoken about something very different, right? You've said the end goal is how can we open more practices and serve more people? And it's just a very, very different way of looking at things and, and just being so much more patient first. That's, that's just amazing. I'm time and again, I'm surprised with your approach. Well, yeah, I, I, I love it. I love yeah. it. I hope you can hear that in my voice because it really, you know, I mean, I, um, you know, I really believe in what we do and it Absolutely. is uh, a very fortunate position to be in. Get Absolutely. to do something every day that you really believe in. Absolutely, no, I'm glad that you you love what you do, and I think part of the reason why you're able to contribute so much to the community, and and it's great. Um, my my last question to you for today is, uh, what's your plan moving forward? Where do you see yourself in the next, or where do you want to be? From I I know a lot of your goal is around just giving back to the community, contributing to the community, but. Um, what are your thoughts around the next four to five years? Yeah, so, so for myself personally, um, honestly, I don't have one. I really don't. Um, I'm really happy where I am, right. doing exactly what I'm doing with the people that I, you know, I'm lucky to work with every single day. So right now, honestly, I'm just focused on it, on enjoying the ride. You know, taking it one day at a time and living in this moment and just being happy that I'm happy doing what I like, doing what I'm doing. So I, I don't, I don't really look at it as like, I have this aspiration to, you know, be this or be that. Um, I'm just trying to enjoy, enjoy my ride. Wow. That's great. No, that's great. I, I think <clears throat> it's best to keep things simple. And I think that's your approach that. So as far as you're, you're liking what you're doing, um, it's best not to focus too much on, Hey, what next? How can, what next? And so I think that's, that's a great approach. And, you know, um, just, just for the audience and, and for aspiring marketers who want to be where you are, contribute the way you're contributing to the community, um, just wanted to understand, is there any message that you have for the rest of the marketers who are either already at DSOs building brands or who, who really aspire to be marketers at DSOs? Gosh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think it's important to remember what your purpose is. I mean, obviously bringing in new patients is, is the purpose, right? I mean, right. if we weren't bringing in new patients, we wouldn't have a job. But um, looking at it, I think more from a service perspective, I think is the key. Um, 
you know, selling a service is obviously very different than selling a product. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, just, gosh, it's, it's a good question. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, um, no worries, but I think what you said uh, in just one line was uh, super important. Super important, right? Knowing your purpose, and I just and I just feel that that speaks a lot, right? That you need to know your purpose. Of course, every business's purpose is uh, the end goal is growth, revenue, and and new patients. But knowing your purpose and your role is super important. That that really reminds me of uh, you know uh, my ex boss. He he always told me that. Your role as a marketer is to, as since you're a marketer, I'm going to appreciate good ad copies, which is the purpose of your role, writing all copies that relate or sort of uh, move the, the audience that we're catering to. Uh, if I start talking to you about growth and revenue, which you probably don't care about, then you will start to lose your purpose. So I completely agree with you that you should know your purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Great. Well, great. Uh, I think it was a great conversation. Uh, and, you know, I, I personally learned so much from you, Alison. Um, and that's part of the reason why I always wanted to get you on this conversation. Thanks a lot for doing this. And I'm, I'm sure the audience is going to love it. Thank you so much. This was really fun. I was nervous. This was fun. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Alison. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Emitter's Podcast. Want to learn how you can reduce your new patient missed calls and grow your practice by 40% today? Take a look at emitrr.com.